Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Tonight we begin in earnest our coverage of the midterms three weeks from tomorrow. You know, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a braggart sometimes, but I'll tell you, I think we'll have the best political coverage uh, in the nation. And if you see anybody better or even close, please let me know. Bill at BillOReilly.com, Bill at BillOReilly.com, because what we're going to do is just facts, methodically work it down to what is likely to happen and what is happening now. And over the weekend, there was a change. There was a change in the political tenor uh, that nobody that I know of picked it up, but I did. Um, and that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. The change is this. The leader of the Democratic Party, President Biden, is becoming increasingly detached from reality. Okay? He's out of touch. And every time he makes an appearance, a national appearance, that becomes clearer to the country. Now, there are a third of Americans that don't care about that, that they will vote for Democrats and Biden no matter what. Same thing with Nixon. When Nixon was, uh, had to resign, about 28% of Americans, they would have supported Nixon no matter what he did. And that range doesn't deviate. Those people are just hardcore liberals or conservatives. They're not going to change. But over the weekend, we saw Joe Biden in Portland, Oregon, and someone asked about the economy. Go. Yes, our economy is strong as hell. The internal inflation is worldwide, worse off everywhere else in the United States. So the problem is the lack of economic growth and sound policy in other countries, not so much ours. And that's how worldwide inflation. It's consequential. Okay, our, our economy is strong as hell. That's just not true. That's like the border is secure. It's not true. Yet Biden has no trouble saying that. And, and a lot, well, he's a liar. He may well be a liar. All right. But from my analysis of him over the past two years, 
He simply doesn't know what's happening. And people tell him, oh, don't don't worry, the economy's strong. Now, today, CNBC came out and said there is a 100% chance of a recession in America. That isn't a strong economy, Mr. President. But will he even hear about that? Probably not. He lives in a bubble. That ice cream cone that he was holding cost probably 30% less this year, last year at this time. Okay, so again, so Biden says our economy is strong as hell, and it's the other countries that are having the inflation problem. It's the other countries. So I go, told myself, all right, gave me this stats. We have had seven months in the United States of America with inflation over 8%. Not since 1981 has inflation been this bad. That was Jimmy Carter, okay, who got waxed by Reagan. And since June 1st, just a few months ago, the Dow has dropped 8.5%, more than 3,000 points. The S&P has dropped 10% since June 1st. Now, these are, these are 401ks, college, all of your investments. Boom. And people are going to see those statements at the end of October, and they're going to be horrified. And that's the big change. Now, Biden should be saying, hey, we recognize there's a problem. We're working on it, and we have great solutions, and we're going to turn it around. That's what most politicians would say, but not him. He denies that it is even a problem. No problem. It's the other, other countries. Not us. We're strong as hell. No, we're not. <laughs> okay? American workers are falling way behind, and everybody knows it who works for a living. Everybody knows it who has investments. And there's this guy out saying, ah. Ah, strong as hell. Hey, the board is secure. Don't worry about those 150,000 Americans dying from narcotics because they're flooding into the United States and Mexico. Don't worry about the 5 million foreign nationals who've showed up here since I'm president. No, don't worry about it. Board is secure. Why? Because I'm saying it's secure. Now, that is madness. It's madness. And so what, what is happening is even the dimmest among us, the people who don't know anything and don't care to know anything, the lazy people who want to live their lives in a shell on the Internet or whatever they do, even they are starting to go, it's not, it's not working. Now, many of them don't vote, but enough do that it could make a difference. And then the independent voters, which now are the deciders, they can't break for Biden and the Dems. You just can't. So I'm going to give you my predictions tomorrow, but I will tell you tonight that American voters have to see there is no attempt at all by Biden and his administration to solve any problem. I mean, this ridiculous Inflation Reduction Act is just a fantasy. It doesn't reduce inflation. It never will reduce inflation. In fact, when the Fed meets again, they'll raise interest rates again. That kills the American housing industry. 
kills the construction industry. I mean, it's just like this. But the economy's strong as hell, according to Joe. And that's a memo. Okay, uh, Fox News poll. Fox News, hey, on the polling. I'm watching a polling this cycle, but this is an interesting one. So it came out uh, with 1,206 uh, th- one, registered voters. 42 Democrat, 41 Republican. Fair sample, 17 independent. Would you reelect Biden in 24 if the election were held today? Reelect 33. There are the zombies. 33. Vote for someone else. 54. Joe Biden's traits are assessed by voters. Cares about people like me? Yes, 46. No, 51. Honest and trustworthy? Yes, 44. No, 52. Has mental soundness to serve? Yes, 40. No, 56. Is a strong leader? Yes, 35. No, 62. So if 30, only 33% of Americans are gonna, would vote for Biden again tomorrow, he's done. And I told you months ago he wouldn't run in 24. I think it was the first national broadcaster to do that. And now I don't even know if he's going to make his next two years. Don't, I said that before. Might be like a health thing. This is doom. Doom. All right, a schedule of the day, uh, President Biden did nothing. He showed up at the White House one, around uh, 1 o'clock, 1220 from Delaware, and he, he didn't do anything. <laughs> Maybe he had an ice cream cone. Maybe, I, I, I'm mocking him. He deserves to be mocked. He deserves to be mocked. I'm going to get, uh, Thursday, I'm going to get into why he's the second worst president in the history of our republic after two years in office. So if you really want to know about your country's history and the presidents who have been terrible, Thursday I'll do it for you. All right, let's segue into the Igor Danchenko trial. Not getting a lot of coverage in the media because it's embarrassing to the Clinton campaign in uh, 2016, particularly, and the FBI. So there's Igor. Igor is a private research guy who pushed the bogus uh, Russian dossier that said Donald Trump did terrible things and had ties to Russia, which is all untrue, as we know. He's on trial on charges of lying to the FBI. On Friday, a judge, Anthony Tranga, threw out one of the four charges, said there wasn't enough basis to go forward to the jury, but uh, three charges will go to the jury. Now, today, closing statements uh, were made, and the jury gets it this week. It's not going to take long. He'll be convicted. Uh, he didn't even take the stand, Danchenko. And his lawyers did not present one defense witness to stick up for him. No one. So it was just the prosecutor, federal prosecutor, made his case, lied to the FBI, and uh, Danchenko and his defense people said, we're not going to say anything. <laughs> you know, I don't know if that's the best strategy. Uh, maybe he could have had his mom come in and go, well, he was the nice boy. John Durham fails again. All right, so I'm, I've had it. Enough. You had, I don't know, 30, 40 million. What Durham was tasked with 
was finding out how the Hillary Clinton campaign and the FBI, those two, Hillary Clinton campaign, FBI, helped in the fraudulent Russian collusion accusations. That's what he was trying to do. That came under Trump and Attorney General Barr. Again, I'm going to review it. Hillary Clinton campaign, FBI. How did they help foist this phony Russian collusion scenario on the American public, the voters, us? Durham has failed. Okay, so um, yesterday, Igor Danchenko was found not guilty by a jury in Virginia of lying to the FBI. Okay, before that, Michael Sussman was found not guilty of lying to the FBI. Those are the only two cases after three and a half years or something like that, that Durham brought. All that tax money spent him and his guys running around, and they got booted on both. I don't want to hear about Durham anymore. I don't know about you. Joining us, well, wait, before I bring in a guest. So the media reacted to this last night. Trump was obsessed with John Durham, who he called Bull Durham, John Durham, because he was the guy who was going to prove once and for all that the entire Trump-Russia investigation was a hoax. Exactly as Trump had always said. Justice was coming. It was just around the corner. I mean, we've been waiting and waiting and told, hold our breath, there's more coming. Just be patient, be patient. This is, I, I don't even think disappointing does justice to how bad this is. I mean, this is just after everything that the right has been through and and all of the misallegations and misappropriation and the Russia, Russia, Russia that was taken us through the first couple of years of this Trump administration to see this all go down the tubes and all of the faith put in this special counsel, John Durham, unbelievably disappointing. You just have to wonder whether this could be Durham's swan song here, that that, that this was something that, you know, there there was great expectation here uh, and it's just fizzled. There's no wonder about it. He's through. Joining us now from Washington, Jim Trusty, who's a former federal prosecutor. Um, he's a partner at IFRA Law now. He knows all the players. And I am uh, saying that Durham is done, you say, sir? I think you're pretty much right. I mean, it's a, it's a heck of a fizzle. And, uh, but I do think there's a little bit of a, a trap that we may be all collectively falling into, which is, the idea that you can only draw conclusions from criminal convictions. You know, the story in terms of what happened with Hillary financing the dossier, the misconduct of FBI leadership, you know, that story is still out there. And frankly, that story is probably going to make its way into a report that hopefully the attorney general releases at some point for all of us to see. But no doubt, I mean, no prosecutor wants to go into the business of prosecuting false statement cases and losing them one after another, like we had here with uh, John Durham in D.C. and then with in, in uh, Alexandria. So but even if, a bad uh, day, but... even if the uh, does come out in a report and all this, the American people have checked out. They don't have any confidence in Durham. They don't have any confidence in the federal government to investigate anyway. Can't even find a leaker of the Supreme Court thing. I mean, they have no confidence. Now, I said foolishly on Monday that I thought that Danchenko would be convicted. And I based my naivete on the fact that Danchenko 
did not testify and his lawyers presented no witnesses at all on his behalf. So it was just Durham's prosecutors saying to the jury, they did this, 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 and this. Yes, it was cross-examination on it. But I said to myself, the FBI's got to have um, data to back up their allegation that Danchenko lied to them. So if he's not even going to refute it himself, he's got to be guilty. And obviously, I was desperately wrong. How did I go so wrong? Well, Bill, you know, your your predictive powers are exactly like mine when it comes to sporting events. I don't think I will ever win a nickel on any prediction or any trash talk associated with that. So, look, I, I think there's a few things. I, I think, you know, to be real serious about it, number one, I think the country feels a little bit of false statement fatigue. You know, th these 18 USC 1001 prosecutions became real popular under Mueller. I mean, we've seen them historically from time to time, but they were the coin of the realm in the Mueller probe. And for a lot of people, you start having this nagging feeling that the FBI can't prove up substantive crimes. They can't prove the bribery, the Foreign Agent Registration Act crime, uh, you know, the quid pro quo. So they settle for these process crimes and their discretion was being used in, in a very aggressive way during the Mueller probe to go after various people. Now we see the Durham probe going the same way, doing these 1001 cases. And I have to say, Bill, when, when that gets in front of a jury, when your whole case as a prosecutor is saying, hey, this guy Danchenko lied to us when he said he talked to somebody on the phone. And really he told us he thinks he did, or he might've, or he probably did. And we think that's a federal felony lie. You can almost feel the jury deflate in the room. Like, this is why we're here. You know, we've got a wayward FBI informant now being prosecuted for some claim of dishonesty that somehow is material to the FBI investigation. So I think in a very general sense, there's a growing problem with these 1001 cases. These okay, so the jury cases. goes to, what's the big deal here? Maybe he lied, maybe he didn't, but it's not beyond a reasonable doubt. So we're just, we want to just get rid of this thing. And that's human nature. Now, there are people who believe that you cannot get a fair jury in the Washington, D.C. area where you live, that you just can't. They hate Trump so much that anything associated with Trump that might help him, the jury itself is already polluted going, we don't want to participate in that. Yeah, I mean, well, look, Sussman, I think, is kind of exhibit A on that case. The Sussman trial, which was in D.C., yeah, you know, that, that jury was done before opening statements, it feels like. So you're right. There's a very strong political allegiance to the Democratic Party in D.C. Uh, Alexandria, where the Danchenko case is, is a little bit different. It's a little bit of a crapshoot. You get Fairfax County, Northern Virginia folks that are a lot like Montgomery County, where I live, very, very uh, highly educated, very liberal and politically active. But you also get the rural counties, you get people that are further out from D.C. that tend to be conservative. You get retired CIA, FBI, military types. So the, the jury pool in Northern Virginia is a wild mix. I can't really say that it's the same as D.C. But I, I will say this, Bill, you know, on these cases that are not inherently powerful, they're kind of bloodless process cases for a federal jury, the lawyering makes a difference, too. And I will tell you that and that's no aspersions towards John Durham. He's an old warhorse. He's been at it a long time. But I know Danny Onorato and Stuart Sears, the guys that represented Danchenko, are great lawyers. And so you give them a marginal case and they play it very smart. They don't put on a defense because they want to turn to the jury and say, this case didn't dignify a defense. It's too weak. 
uh, you know, we're here for political reasons. We're here for a, a sloppy and dirty FBI that was willing to give a million dollars to Danchenko to prove up the Steele dossier. So a lot of dirty laundry aired about the FBI doesn't help in a prosecution of an FBI former informant. I think that's excellent analysis, Counselor. I, I think you really nailed it right there that the jury doesn't trust the FBI at all, and they've screwed up so many times, they're so politicized now that they just want to get out of that jury room. We appreciate it very much. Thank you, sir. I thought that was sure the thing. best analysis I've heard. Let me know what you think. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundations in the Line of Duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 Remembrance Across America, over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hey guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. Uh, let's bring in a man smarter than I am. Scott Rasmussen is a polar uh, out of McKinney, Texas. He is uh, an editor at large for Ballotpedia, and uh, he writes a column number of the day. Okay, so you heard my analysis. What say you? Oh, you're not too far off. Uh, let's start with the condition of the country. Just 28% of voters say they're better off than they were two years ago. I mean, that's channeling Ronald Reagan's uh, challenge from uh, four decades ago, but uh, that captures the mood. People are saying we were in a pandemic two years ago and we're not any better off right now. Top issue, inflation. When you talk about the trends, very simple. Watch the gas prices. Over the course of the summer, lots of polls showed that Republicans were losing ground. Why? Because gas prices were falling. Half of America lives paycheck to paycheck. That price of gas, very, very important. The one thing that I, I would disagree with you on in terms of the trend is I think the uptick began in mid-September, a little further back, when gas prices went began to move back up. However, it wasn't picked up in the polls as much because a lot of the polls at that time were still being reported as registered voter polls. 
When you make the transition from registered voters to likely voters in this environment, that moves the numbers a lot in the Republican direction. Okay, so um, in three weeks, the media between now and then, November 8th, is going to do everything they can to tell America that the Republicans are evil. It's already started, and that's what we're going to hear. At this point in history, does the media have any sway on how people vote? Well, there's some sway, but, you know, you actually, the, the, the thing you're highlighting is over the summer, the media dominates the narrative. When you get in the campaign season with campaign advertising and people knocking on doors and candidates expressing their views, the media view that traditional media is not quite shut out, but but their message doesn't get heard very well. Uh, look, I think you're we're right on target with what you're talking about with the House and the Senate. If the price of gas keeps going up, well, then the Republican prospects go up with them. Um, and that's going to have a bigger impact than any media reports. You know, I think uh, food is more important in gas at this juncture because we have holidays coming up and uh, the food prices are, are staggering okay. now. And yes, people, the gas, but they're kind of used to the gas. <laughs> they got used to it. But the food is new. A lot of it is new. You walk into a grocery store or a restaurant now, you're looking at uh, and you can see it. And most people right. don't go to restaurants anymore because they, they can't afford a $40 entree. So I think food is going to have a, a, a very um, strong effect. Now, at the end of October, many Americans, perhaps most, get their financial statements, the money they have invested into our capitalistic system for retirement, for college, for savings plans, whatever it may be. They're going to be horrified when they see the decline year, January till the end of October, horrified. And that is going to be the clincher. And they open those statements and they, their head snaps back. And then they're going to remember that Biden says the economy is as strong as hell. Right. I think that's the fait accompli. I think Biden saying that was a colossal mistake. Yeah, but he's made a lot of statements that were colossal mistakes. His job approvals at 41 percent. That's very bad for Democrats. Uh, you know, I, we can talk about the big trends. It's going to be a good night for the Republican Party. Uh, the only question is how good some of the individual races may surprise us one direction or the other. Uh, but this is this is not something that is changing because of what somebody said last week or the week before. It's the reality of the economy that we're in today. Yeah, but there's nobody has any confidence in Biden. They don't I, they, exactly they think right. he, he's delusional. As I said, they have no right. confidence in him at all. Um, and right. I think no. that's a major factor. If you have a president yes. who says, look, we have a problem. We're going to fight our way out of it. We're all going to be in it together. We're going to prove things. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. We're going to do them now and rally the folks. Instead, this guy goes, oh, we had border secure. <laughs> and yep. People just go, you that's huge, Scott. It is. Absolutely. By the way, having a celebration of the Inflation Reduction Act, when the numbers come out to show inflation is going up and the stock market falling 1,300 points, that was a serious blunder. I want to I mention something about the Georgia Senate race, though, that is really important detail in this process. Um, this, in, for, in Georgia, you can have a runoff. If nobody gets 50%, we saw that two years ago. 
I think that is the most likely outcome that we will go to a runoff this year because they changed laws. The runoff will be much earlier, December 6th. And it is possible, not likely, but it is possible that control of the U.S. Senate would be at stake in Georgia. If there's a runoff and control now, the third of the U.S. Party Senate candidate, state, The third party that? candidate is hurting Walker more than Warnock, right? Right. And think about that. If, if you're uncomfortable with what you heard about Walker, you can't vote for Warnock, you throw your vote to that third party candidate and you push it to a runoff. But in the runoff, especially if control of the Senate's at stake, Herschel Walker wins. Um, as long as, as long as as long as Trump doesn't go down there. Well, yes, there is there is that. Right. Now So you can talk to him about that, but you know, look, I talk to him, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> um Pennsylvania is an interesting race to me. I know the state fairly well, dominated by Philadelphia and a Democratic machine. If the uh, African-Americans don't come out in Philly, GOP is going to win big. But there are two bad candidates there. Let's be honest, please. Fetterman looks like a hell's angel. The guy, I mean, maybe he's got health problems and I'm not celebrating those. But even if he didn't, he's a far left kook. And Oz can't articulate who he is or what he wants. Um, they're both very weak candidates. Fetterman looks like he's ahead by one or two points. How are you going to see that? I, if you really press me, I would say that Oz is a slight favorite, and it's all because of the issues. We're at a time in the season where the choice is less about Oz versus Fetterman than do you want to help or hurt Joe Biden's agenda. I won't be surprised either way, but again, I think Oz right now is moving, and the reason is because when you look at the polls in Pennsylvania, there may be seven or eight points of people who are undecided. Undecided voters in all the polling I've seen really dislike Joe Biden. So the degree yeah. that they show up and vote, they're going to go for Oz in that case. Okay, I, I can't call a race. Um, what about my uh, hypothesis that if a governor of a state wins fairly significantly, that governor can drag across a weaker senatorial candidate because the splitting of the ticket, you know, people don't do that. That's why I think Walker, if he does get more than 50, it'll be because of Kemp. Oh, Kemp will absolutely. drag him across. So there's a race in New Hampshire where Sununo, the incumbent governor, is up by 24 points and he's easily going to win. They love him up there. But right. Baldock, the... Uh, Republican senatorial candidate is running behind Maggie Hassan, who's just basically a Biden apparatchnik. She says she isn't, right. but she is. And I'm just looking at that race going, is it possible that Sununu could drag Baldock? And that would be the biggest upset of the night, I think. It would, it would certainly be an upset. There might be some bigger ones. There's always possible surprises. Is it possible? I think the biggest problem that Baldock has in that race is that their primary is so late in the season. When you have a primary, you know, there's hard feelings from the side who lost. It took Oz months before those people came back to say, okay, I'm going to hold my nose and vote for Oz in Pennsylvania. Bullock hasn't had a lot of time to coalesce that support from within his party, uh, which makes it tough. But is it possible? Yeah. If yeah, the small state moving in the Republican direction. Small state, easy right. media state. 
The problem is that southern New Hampshire is dominated by Boston. And a lot right. of Boston liberals have moved up there because they don't want to pay the Massachusetts taxes. So they'd rather and commute to Boston. That's also a big part of the media market, which is not right. so inexpensive. Right. Yeah. But, but Sununu is so popular that I, that's just an interesting race. Final one, um, Arizona. Um, Kelly is personally popular there. They like him. But again, he's on the wrong side of the trend. And he, right. uh, he hoped the Republican wins there against Kelly. Absolutely, there's hope. I think that, that race is going to be very close. Uh, right now, if you ask me in this one, I would say Kelly probably squeaks it out and Kerry Lake go wins in the governor's race. Yeah, so all of Lake a sudden you've got a different dynamic. Uh, but that's another race. It's the flip, flip side of Pennsylvania. Uh, I won't be surprised if either candidate wins either of those races. In Pennsylvania, I give the nod to the Republican and in Arizona to the Democrat. Okay. All right, Scott, I hope you check back in with us in a, before the vote. Uh, and Scott, by the way, is an ind- independent pollster. Um, you know, he's not he's not skewing the cooking the, the books. And that's what we want. And we have Mark Penn on. We have Scott Rasmussen on. We have Doug Schoen on. You know, these are the guys who, you know, they're going to give it to you straight, which is what we want. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it very much. Now, propaganda on the right. Just doesn't happen on the left. Happens on the right. Okay. So there are Americans on the right who object to the United States and NATO helping Ukraine. You know them. You've heard them. So I get a letter from Lee. Okay. And here's what he says. Bill, for those that feel we should not support Ukraine, we should compare two things. First, how do we get here? Obama, now Biden were okay initially if Russia stepped into Ukraine and signals as much to Putin. We threatened Russia with offering NATO membership to Ukraine, unquote from Lee. Okay. Nobody offered Ukraine NATO membership, least of all the United States. No one, Lee. Never happened. Under any circumstance did it happen. Ukraine wanted it but it was never offered. Two, Biden and Obama weren't accepting of Putin taking Crimea. Obama didn't do anything about it, but he condemned it. It wasn't like they said, okay. And Biden, in the beginning of the invasion, when asked what military steps would be taken against Putin, Biden said, well, it depends what he does. If he does just a little, then we'll measure that. But he wasn't okay with it. He didn't signal Putin, yeah, come on and take whatever you want out of Ukraine. So this is propaganda on the right. And my message to everybody listening to me and watching me tonight is, I hope you want the truth. So when you hear something, be skeptical. Uh, there's another 2000 caravan in Guatemala heading here. It's about 1300 miles away. And this is never going to end under the Biden administration. Ever. So they're gathering down there. Mexico is not going to stop them. 
Obrador doesn't fear Biden. Obrador feared Trump. Doesn't fear Biden. American Airlines, and again, I hope you don't have to fly over Thanksgiving and Christmas. I hope you don't. So they've agreed to pay $7.5 million to passengers who they screwed on baggage fees. All right, this is American Airlines. So here's what happened. If you fly first uh, or are a super frequent flyer on American, you get a free bag. Uh, you don't have to pay. You get, I think it's one. Okay, you get a carry-on, and then you can check one back. Well, American goes, nah, they were charging the first-class people and the frequent flyer people a fee for the bag. Five, five passengers got together, filed a class-action lawsuit against American Airlines. Good for them. And they won. Seven and a half million. So if you're first-class on American and they charge you for uh, one bag, Seven and a half million dollars are going to be doling out. Okay, a Harvard poll. Who do you blame crime on? Uh, woke politicians, 64%. Um, that's all. I, the rest of it's not important. So 64% of Americans at Harvard poll blame rising violent crime on woke politicians. Smart life. Uh, new poll, study, whatever it may be, from the future panel organization says that young adults 19 to 30 are smoking more pot than ever before. Surprise, nobody's surprised. Okay, so in last year, 49% of all American adults said they smoke marijuana at least once. Half the population. But younger people are really uh, going at it. In Vermont, very lenient pot state, cannabis users 19 to 30 outnumber people who don't use. So why is this a smart life uh, segment? Because if you are a young person and you smoke a lot of pot, that's not smart. You will hurt your career, your personal life, your physical well-being, and your mental well-being. Look, I, I, don't, I know some of you aren't going to ever buy this. But intoxicating yourself, whether it's with beer or gin or vodka or marijuana or methamphetamine or fentanyl or heroin, altering your mind by chemicals is not smart. Did you know every day is a perfect day for peace of mind? With American Home Shield Warranty, you are covered for unexpected breakdowns like leaky faucets or faulty water heaters. Choose a plan that fits your budget and rest easy knowing repairs and replacements are taken care of. Simply contact American Home Shield when an issue arises and their trusted pros will handle it according to your coverage. Don't let worries about appliances and home systems weigh you down. Celebrate the reassurance of protection. Don't worry, be warranty. For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com slash bill. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product is being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. 
Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. Okay, shock and awe. That's my new weekly program on VidGo. V, as in Victor, IDGO.com. So VidGo is a streaming service. We have partnered up with them. They will cut your cable bill down. All we say is go take a look at, uh, at VidGo.com, Bill, at their services. If it works for you, sign up. If you sign up, you get my weekly program, Shock and Awe, as part of the package. Okay? That's the deal we have with them. So this week, it's has liberalism gone off the rails? That's the topic of the program. One guest, a guy named Jan Wenner. You know who he is? He's the founder of Rolling Stone magazine. Jan Wenner, big liberal guy from the early 60s, carried through all the way to today. And he's still a hardcore liberal. I debate him on this week's Shock and Awe. Here's a clip. On this week's episode of Shock and Awe. But let's take San Francisco, a town you know very well. That's where yeah. Rolling Stone magazine started. Mm-hmm. That yeah. town has been destroyed by progressive policies because there are so many drug-addicted people now on the streets doing whatever they want to do. I right. was just out there last week. What I saw is it's unpleasant to walk around some neighborhoods. Is it dangerous? No. The idea of giving people who are drug addicted or, or, or in need of or hungry shelter and some level of compassion, some level of comfort, I think that's a noble. It hasn't okay. created any anarchy in San Francisco. But what is compassionate about allowing a person to destroy him or herself and infringing on the rights of all the people who live in San Francisco. What is I don't, compassionate I don't feel, about that? I don't feel that drug addiction is infringing on my rights. Okay. So it is a pretty rock'em sock'em situation. Shock and awe. Vidgo.com slash bill. Check it out. Smart life. So this is some bad news. Uh, COVID is resurging in Europe. That means it'll come here flights all over the place from Europe to the USA. But the COVID now that is coming back isn't as virulent, word of the day, virulent, harmful, as the previous COVID. So uh, there are currently in Europe 230,000 cases a day. A third of European countries are seeing COVID rise, and New York City is seeing a little bit of rise too. Here's how I am handling this, and this is why this is in the Smart Life segment. 
I don't shake hands anymore. Fist bump. And I explain. Not that I'm insulting anybody. It's just that I can't wash my hands or carry around Purell every second. So a nice little fist bump. Now, when you give a fist bump, don't punch the person. Don't do that because some people do that. Just put the fist up, a little light bump. That's it. That's number one. Number two, I don't go into crowds of strangers. Okay? No. Particularly inside. So there was a Metallica concert at the UBS Arena last night. And a bunch of my friends went. And they said, number one, I wouldn't be caught dead at a Metallica concert. Not that they're bad. It's just not my thing. I'm R&B. I'm Luther Vandross. I'm not Metallica. Okay. But I wouldn't have gone anyway. The 20,000 people jammed into this arena. That's a COVID breeding ground. So no Metallica. All right. And if I go to a game, uh, I make sure that I've got a lot of space. Now, I'm lucky because I can do that. But if you're outside, the risk is less. But if you're inside, no. And the third thing is the vaccine. I don't know whether you've noticed or not. There's a new vac shot available, but where's Anthony Fauci? Nowhere. He's not around. Where's CDC president? I don't see him. Where's Biden? So what is this? I got four vaxes in me. I have not turned into a werewolf, not yet. Although when the full moon comes up, I, but not yet. All right. Um, but I'm not taking this fifth shot because they're not telling me how long it lasts or, or I got four. All right. If you explain it to me and back it up with scientific data, CDC, I'll consider it. But I'm not running down there getting the fifth shot. When you're not saying blank about it. So there it is. You got to protect yourself and be smart about it. And that dopey mask, I mean, <clears throat> oh, I don't even know if that protects you. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast, politics by faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Final thought of the day, as I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, the media is desperate now. Biden's desperate. I mean, that's why he did the abortion speech today, Battle of the Bulls, trying desperately to turn things around. It's not going to be successful. But from now until November 8th, the corporate media will now run outrageous sound bites. It'll be, it'll be a horror show. And here's one example uh, that happened October 17th ago. 
Coming up, Donald Trump is now complaining about Jewish people after his friend Kanye West threatened to kill them. And no Republican is complaining about any of that. That's next. It's just... I'm trying to measure this. It's so hard to believe that standards at NBC News have slipped so much that that man is paid for saying that gibberish. But he is. It's almost shocking because I had to come up the hard way. I didn't work for NBC, but I worked for CBS and ABC. And that, that kind of stuff would never have been accepted in any way. But now NBC writes the check. Yeah, say whatever you want. Whether it's defamatory, libelous, whether it's an outright lie. But that's the kind of stuff you're going to hear in three weeks. And we're going to try to spotlight it every day. We're going to have the uh, most ridiculous soundbite of the day or whatever. I'll call it something else. But just, just think about it. Kanye West wants to kill Jewish people and no Republican complained about that. Nobody. And Kanye West wants to kill them. That's a murder of Jewish people, according to this guy. And then every Friday he goes in and NBC hands him a check. It's unbelievable. It is absolutely incredible how the media has deteriorated in America, but not us. I am sworn to give you honest coverage, and I will. Thanks for listening and watching the No Spin News. We'll see you tomorrow.